This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Buy the book on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Buy the Book with me, Sharmila Ganesan. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow lover of brevity, Lee Chui Lin. Hello. And today we're dedicating the show to talking about short stories. And for that, we're joined by Ling Lo, whose story Weeds was shortlisted for the Commonwealth Short Story Prize. Ling, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I think the best place to start would be um, exactly that, the story that um, got you on that shortlist, right? Um, Tell us a little bit about the story and more generally, what got you into writing short stories in the first place? The story that has been shortlisted for the Commonwealth Short Story Prize is called Weeds. It's a short story about an old man who lives in a luxurious condo in KL. And during the lockdown, he gets very um, claustrophobic or, well, I should say he gets very frustrated um, in his apartment because he's not allowed to go outside and take his usual exercise. And what happens is he starts to observe the gardeners who work outside in his condo. And he grows increasingly envious of them. And the story takes on this premise as as to what happens next. And you've been writing short stories for um, for a while now, right? So I was thinking about, um, maybe you could tell us how you got started. What interested you in the form? Yeah, you're right. I have been writing short stories for a while. I would say um, probably at least 10 years. Um What got me interested in the form? I think like a lot of people who set out to be writers, I was having a lot of trouble finishing things that I wrote. And so I would, you know, I'd start start writing things and then just never get to the end. And so I just started writing short stories as a way to force myself, I think, to finish to finish a story and 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 uh, see it through. So I I am also drawn to the form itself. Like I love reading other people's short stories. And I think that it's it's a form that is not necessarily a compromise on the novel, but rather uh, in itself, it's a form to be celebrated. And for me, I really love that you can read such a compact and dense um, narrative in such a short space of time and it can create a whole world and characters and so much feeling and it and then it ends and I think there's something quite beautiful about that the the brevity of the form yeah I I think that people make a mistake when they talk about short stories as being uh, an easier or a simpler or a lighter form of fiction right um and as a sort of uh, easy alternative to novels um but I think you're particularly interesting because you do a variety of types of writing. Um, you've done journalism, uh, you're a filmmaker as well, so you do uh, writing for screen. So when it comes to writing short stories, do you think that it offers you a particular kind of, a particular way of telling stories that um, compared to the others? I'd say all those types of writing are very different. So journalism, screenwriting and short stories are are all very distinct. Um, what I would say is that short stories among those three are definitely the the medium that is the most um, individual in that I don't have to co- collaborate with anyone when I write a short story, whereas with journalism, you know, will it involve interviewing people, um, going to sources, 
with filmmaking, screenwriting, um, this the script is really a starting point for a film, which will then sometimes develop and you know take on a, a different a different life. But with a short story, it really does begin and end with the writer and with me sitting at my laptop writing. So I guess that's the main difference between the three of them. Um, in in that sense, it does give me a lot more sense of control, but also it can be a a lonely and drawn out process as well of drafting until I feel I've got into a place where I'm happy with what I've written. I kind of wanted to return to Weeds um, because I, I think that a lot of creative people had very different experiences with the creative process last year, right? Some people found that it was um, a productive time. It was uh, a time where there were a lot of ideas, a lot of time in which to express those ideas. Um, and others, I think, found themselves understandably stymied by the very heavy times in which we lived. And Weeds is very much a product of um, of the lockdown, or in in the sense that the story itself also takes place within that setting. Um, what was it like writing that during that time? I mean, when did it come, and um, how did it feel to from to go from the writing process to the end point, which is getting shortlisted? So last year was such a strange year for the whole world, and such a difficult time for many people. And for me, I would say it had another layer of strangeness because I became a mother for the first time. And so on top of being under lockdown, I was, you know, I was also tethered to my baby and, you know, sleeping at strange hours and generally feeling like even if the world wasn't under lockdown, I probably personally would have still been indoors. So I think... I can't really speak to the general experience of, of being under lockdown and having, you know, people who took on projects like making bread and and uh, whipping up fancy coffee because I didn't do any of that. But what I did find was that I was surprised that I was still feeling inspired to write and that even though I didn't have a lot of time to do it, um, when I did have some time, I did manage to snatch a few minutes here and there to put some ideas down. So um, I wouldn't have expected that necessarily. And I'm not sure that that will always be the case. Uh, but it was very, it was very gratifying that I was able to write the story under those circumstances. And then, of course, of course, to submit it to the Commonwealth Short Story Prize, which I have, you know, I've followed for quite a few years, and I've, I've read the winning stories before. It's, it's an incredible feeling to have the story kind of find a new audience and to have been judged by these writers from around the world and to now be shortlisted with other writers from so many different countries. I don't know whether you get told this, but um, having read a few of your stories, to me at least, um, there are there are these sort of threads that run through them, uh, definitely um sort of an, ex an an urban experience sometimes, um, questions of isolation or, or feeling alone in some way. Are those themes that you return to consciously? Do you find that you are drawn to certain ideas um, more, than more than others? Yeah, I would say that that, that makes sense. Um, I, I'm always interested in both the sense of isolation of living in a city, but also the interconnectedness of it and how it can bring people together in unusual ways. 
And I'm also interested in, in the layers that exist in a city of different, um, different layers of communities of people moving like among each other, but also perhaps not really seeing each other. And then the layers of history as well, that, you know, uh, buildings that have different lives and then may get destroyed, built over or inhabited by new people. So I'd say those are the kinds of things that I, I do return to consciously or not. Well, I wanted to build on that, right? And also um, look at this idea of internalized emotion, because I think that that's something that short stories and your short stories actually do very well. This idea that um, my my external actions are maybe a tenth of what I'm actually feeling or, or a tenth of the product of what where I actually come from. Um, and short stories usually manage to do that in a very, very brief period. Sometimes you have to sum up a person's um, entire life's worth of resentments in a paragraph or a <laughs> sentence. And um, I, was just, uh, I was just thinking, you know, how did you go about uh, doing that or how do you go about doing that? Do you start with the character? Do you start with the story? You know, which is it a product of? I think it's not something I set out to do. It's perhaps something I I do without realizing it in that all writers have their own kind of style, right? And um, I think for me, it's just that I'm, as a person and a, as a writer, I'm generally very conscious of how other people might be feeling. And it's something I'm always curious about. So uh, I can have, you know, the briefest encounter with someone and then be left wondering about that person's life. And, and so that's why that probably comes across in my writing. But it's, it's also something that I think I admire in other writers. So uh, for example, Kazuo Ishiguro, he, he does really, he's really the master at you know, writing people, people's emotional lives and showing the difference between like, what they feel and maybe what they express. And so I really, I really admire the way he crafts that narrative and the, the way he alludes to the gap between what we present to the world and what we maybe feel inside and also the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Yeah, so not that I would want to compare myself to him, but, but that is, I suppose, he is a writer who I, I think does that very, very well and, and who I have been influenced by. We're speaking with Ling Lo, who is a finalist for this year's Commonwealth Short Story Prize for her short story, Weeds. And we're just dedicating this show today uh, to, to short stories, why we love them, and um, I suppose how they're constructed. Let us know, do you enjoy short stories? Who are some of your favourite writers um, who prefer to dabble in this form? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, or write to us at By the Book at bfm.my Be free-minded BFM 89.9 Welcome back. You're listening to Buy the Book with Sharmila and Lynn and we're joined today by Ling Lo who is a short story writer, um, a journalist, a filmmaker among other things and uh, today we're specifically talking about short stories because Ling was shortlisted for the Commonwealth Short Story Prize. I wanted to um i wanted to get into how each of us first were introduced to the short story form because i think it's a very particular thing um growing up 
I don't know necessarily that you think too much about the difference between short stories and longer stories because all stories are short stories. Um, but I know that for me, for example, the distinction actually came about with uh, Enid Blyton because you'd get her her novels and then you'd get her sort of anthology of short stories, um, Mr. Pink Whistle or whatever, right? And I remember that as a kid, there was a particular pleasure in getting one book with multiple different stories in it. And I think as I think back, that was my that was the beginning of me falling in love with this idea of shorter stories, short story collections and so on. Um, I was wondering what your entry point was. Well, I think Enid Blyton's a great example, right? Um, and partly also because, I mean, while, while you were speaking, I was thinking about my own um, reading graduation, shall we say, from different levels. And so I think most of us start with fairy tales when uh, being read to, you know, sleep the, the, the bedtime stories that we get and then fairy tales and then you go to your Enid Blyton's and so on. Um, and then after that, you get to your teen books, your adult books and, and all that. And I think that um, looking back now, what I was going to say is that I think fairy tales are such an excellent short story form in that they do a lot of the things that we're talking about. They address major themes more often than not in a very short period of time. They have to be clear, concise and understandable because again... Um, a lot of them were oral tales, right? So you are expected to be able to very clearly tell a story um, and to also kind of get across the message that was always intended behind, I don't know, the farmer whose, <laughs> whose horse, you know, kind of broke a leg. Um, but thinking about it, I think there was also a very definite point uh, where I returned to short stories or where I started to recognise short stories as having their own... Um, I guess their own strength and power. And in many ways, it was when I read the shorter stories of authors like like Rod Dahl, like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, again, people who have longer form stories who also write in short. And I think recognising how truly disturbing some short stories are, um, I think that that's one of the power of short stories, the ability to not explain too much and also be able to sometimes be very shocking, very disturbing Um and not leave you with a clear and clean resolution. And I think um, recognizing that difference and distinction and the different level of satisfaction you get as a reader um, was also a very important thing for me in terms of recognizing how much I love short stories. Yeah, actually, now you say that, I, I also really loved uh, Roald Dahl's short stories. And I think one of his, one of the collections for younger children is the Henry Sugar Oh yes, anthology, yeah. which I really loved, and then he has some for slightly older children, which are like a bit more twisted and dark. Um, yeah, and I would say on top of fairy tales, there were, there were also fables, right? So I suppose that was one of the ways I was introduced to short stories was was through fables, the Hare and the Tortoise, and um, Aesop's Fables, and you know other others from around the world. But yeah, I, I suppose. It was maybe only later that I started consciously looking for short stories to read and to also set out to look for collections by by writers as well. Because I think like many, many people, I grew up mostly reading novels. And um, I think that's even when we read, you know, lists of like oh, these next books to look out for this year, most of them are novels usually. But I've I've really been drawn to a lot of collections of short stories and and really enjoyed many of them. 
So um, like for example, one that I read quite recently is Exhalation by Ted Chiang. I don't know if either of you have read it, but that's just an absolutely stunning collection of short stories with a sci-fi premise. Is He's the one who wrote uh, The Arrival, the uh, the origins yes. of The Arrival movie, right? Yeah, that was, another, that was based on a short story in another collection of his. Um, I think the original title of that was The Story of Your Life and Others, mm-hmm. yep. which I haven't read, but Exhalation is his more recent collection. And so I've, I really love that. That's been like, one, that was one of my reading highlights from last year. It strikes me that um, all of these things that we've just mentioned, Lynn, you mentioned um, terrifying stories. Ling, you said uh, sci-fi. And, and I think that one of the great things about the short story form, particularly when it comes to genre writing, whether it's horror, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's romance, um, short stories allow you to sample a sort of huge breadth of writers um, in anthologies. And I think that's one of the things I enjoy a lot. Um, It doesn't mean that I don't enjoy literary short stories as well, but um, whether for better or worse, I think short stories give you a way to sort of explore particular aspects of literature, even if you're talking about, say, a collection of Singapore short stories, a collection of um, Filipino short stories. I I find that they're a great way to get insight into a genre or into a theme or a culture in a way that novels don't always do. Sometimes even into the particular works of a writer, right? I mean, if you've been perhaps intimidated to start a a big fat novel from someone that you've always been told is a very important writer, capital V, capital I, um, you know, I think starting with short stories or novellas can sometimes be the way. Um, I, I guess while you were speaking earlier of genre, I was thinking of Ray Bradbury and how uh, Ray Bradbury is such a great short story writer. And we see this time and time again. And his short stories are also a wonderful way to get introduced to his style of writing and to, um, I, I guess, the themes, the ways, in the things that uh, occupy him as a writer. I've also uh, found that reading Granta, um, the Granta anthologies tend to be a rather rich way of checking out writers that you want to read more of. Um, you know, sometimes they're short stories, sometimes they're samplings of of chapters of full novels, and either which way, I think you get a nice sampling, um, which is what a short story offers even if it's not your preferred reading form, even if you really do prefer reading novels. I was wondering, Ling, whether... Um when it comes to, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, are you going to put out a collection? Are you going to work on your own collection of short stories? Well, firstly, is that something that you um, want to do, are planning to do? But secondly, how does that work for you in terms of, um, is that something that you take a bird's eye view of and plan? Or is it a question of putting together things that you've already written? Well, as I mentioned earlier, some of my short stories, because I've been writing them for quite a few years now, I suppose some of them are getting quite old. And so I don't think it's necessarily something I can decide by myself, but perhaps if I, if I do work on a collection and I, and I gather some stories from across the time I've been writing them, it could be that... Um, an agent or or editor might feel some don't quite fit together or they may feel that there is enough to to have them cohere as a collection. So for me, um, it's something I would love to do, but I'm aware I do need to write several more short stories first and I'm not writing at the fastest 
pace of output. So I'll keep working on it. And then I think at the end, when I feel I do have enough, I'll, I'll put them together and see if they if, see if they seem to fit together as a collection and you know maybe show a few people and get some feedback. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, watch this space. <laughs> Um, you know, you spoke earlier about the themes that that interest you, right? About the about emotions, about the layering of um, place and identity, and and all these different aspects coming together. I wanted to know how you think you've developed um, as a writer over the last ten years, not just in terms of style, but also in terms of these sorts of interests, these sorts of themes in your writing. I would hope that I've improved as a writer, but of course it's it's a very hard thing for for me to judge for myself. But I would say that um when I when I wrote Weeds, I was very I was very pleased because I was setting out to do something with the story and I think I think you've both read it and I won't go into too much detail, but it's to do with the the way that the identities blur blur at the end and how um, you know how the sense of self, you know, develops through the through the story, and I think I've attempted that before, and I haven't always been successful. So these are you know drafts that have never come to light. So I would say that the more I've written and the more I've read of other people has has helped me to develop as a writer, and it it should be that way really, um, especially with the reading. I think the more you read and you try to learn from other people and see how they've developed certain techniques, then the more hopefully you you can improve yourself. But um, yeah, again, I would say there's there are common themes that continue to run through my work and those will probably continue to, I'll probably continue to return to those. And I hope I will continue to get better as well. I just wanted to close by asking you, Ling. Um, I mean, they have announced the regional winners for the Commonwealth uh, Short Story Prize and the final winners are going to be announced on June 30th. I wanted to know what the, I suppose, what the value or the importance is of a competition like this, one that sort of brings together writers from all the different countries in the Commonwealth, um, puts them alongside each other, um, both regionally and then, you know, across the world. What does that do for the field in general and for the writers? Well, I think the Commonwealth Short Story Prize is, it is quite unique in that because it's specifically open to the Commonwealth and the judges are drawn from around the Commonwealth. I think that when you submit a story, you're not necessarily having to imagine that you're writing for a a North American or British or Australian audience, because you know that you're writing for people who've come from cultures where there, there are multiple languages spoken, for example. So I think that is one thing about this prize in particular, which, which is unique. Um, but in terms of prizes in general and their value, I would say that as a writer, it's, it's extremely gratifying and flattering to be on the shortlist but I would also hope that I don't fixate on on this as a measure of success because I know that they are very subjective and I know there are so many amazing short stories that either very narrowly missed the mark or maybe were not submitted for other reasons and so 
for me, it's a nice thing to have happened. And I'm, of course, glad that, you know, it's going to mean a, a new audience for my stories. But I also want to just, you know, also focus on writing the next thing. And, and I know that it's always a case of ups and downs. And for every, for every acceptance, there are so many more rejections. And really, that is just the thing that you have to get used to. We've been speaking with Ling Lo about um, her short story being shortlisted for the Commonwealth Short Story Prize uh, and more generally about our collective love, I think, for short stories and um, the craft of writing them. Let us know, um, are you a fan of short stories? Who are some writers that you would recommend? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio or write to us at bythebook at bfm.my. brings us to footnotes and Ling has agreed to stick around because we thought we'd close off this uh, this conversation with some recommendations of our own favourite uh, short stories or short story writers. Uh, Lynn, would you want to start us off? Sure. Um, I was, I'm going to go with a collection actually. It is from 2017 and it's by Carmen Maria Machado. It's a collection called Her Body and Other Parties. The Resident. Two months after receiving my acceptance letter to Devil's Throat, I kissed my wife goodbye. I left the city and drove north toward the Pea Mountains, where I had attended Girl Scout camp in my youth. The letter sat beside me on the passenger seat, pinned down by my pocketbook. Nearly thick as fabric, the paper did not flutter like lighter, cheaper stock would have. Occasionally, it spasmed with the wind. The crest at the top was embossed with gold leaf, the silhouette of a hawk that has just plucked the writhing body of a fish from the water. Dear Miss M, it said. Dear Miss M, I murmured as I drove. I don't exactly know how to describe it. It is a series of stories that are very much to do with women, with femininity, with horror, um, with a, a lot of these different elements. It's very readable, especially if you love genre, if you love a sort of... Um, dreamy magic realism quality to writing. It's definitely something uh, that Carmen Maria Machado has. She primarily writes in short stories, actually. She's best known, really, for it, despite also writing essays and the like. And um, it's just fantastic. I mean, uh, it does, I guess, a number of the things that we've been talking about today. They're stories well told, but they're also kind of disturbing. They linger with you. They make you think. Um, and yeah, uh, so that's Her Body and Other Parties. Well, that's an interesting one because I also have a recommendation by a female um, short story writer, a Malaysian one. Um, this is Interesting because the, the, the collection I'm going to recommend, The Sum of Our Follies by Shili Ko, um, is actually sort of marketed as a novel. But when you read it, it's actually a collection of uh, loosely linked short stories all set in the same kampong. And I really love it because it really gets into the heart of um, rural life in Malaysia, the sort of urban-rural divide, the issues when you live in parts of the country that are often forgotten. And it weaves in things that are, I suppose, very local folklore-ish, not 
quite magic, not quite uh, supernatural, but sort of those little tales that, you know, areas have that are very unique to that region and really does a great job of bringing out different personalities, different people, a very unique, different side of Malaysia, particularly given that it's written in English. I think um, I, I enjoyed this collection so much and I find myself going back to it again and again. And the reason why I do think that it was intended to be a collection of short stories and not a novel is because you can dip in and out of them. You don't have to read it as a novel. Uh, yeah, The Sum of Our Follies by Shili Ko. Um, I think you should be able to pick them up in a number of local bookstores. Yes, that one's definitely on my to-be-read pile and I'm looking forward to that one. Um, for me, I have so many collections that I love. It's really hard to pick just one. Um, but I, okay, the one I'll, I'll pick today is... A Thousand Years of Good Prayers by Yi Yun Li. And she's a Chinese diaspora writer based in the US. You know, I think partly as I know China very well and I love the people. I, you know, I wouldn't say I love the government or the system, but I think a big reason I, I still I still wonder why I write about China is I have many questions about China that are not answered yet. For instance, you know, questions about every generation, you know, how they experienced the revolution, for instance, even, you know, how they experienced hunger. How These questions, you know, are why I write. So unless I find answers to all my questions to China, I'm still, you know, doing that to, to look for answers. She's well known for her short stories, but she's also a novelist. And when I picked up this book, I didn't really know much about her and the the blurb sort of describes it as stories being set in China and among Chinese Americans but what I found that was that she really has a very um, poignant bittersweet kind of approach to writing uh, her short stories and the settings range from uh, contemporary Beijing to um, communist uh, like 1960s China to um, America and yeah, this is just a collection that I, I really love and I have another one of her collections ready to go as well because I just want to read more of her work. I kind of love that we all independently of each other picked female writers, especially because a lot of the ones that I read, a lot of the short story writers that I read growing up were exclusively male. I Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, just a function of what we've been talking about, not just today, but on the show in general, right? This process of reading more women and uh, seeking more of that out in our adult reading as opposed to perhaps the the classics or the things that we were told we should read when we were younger. Ling, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So we've been speaking with uh, short story writer Ling Lo, who was also a finalist for the Commonwealth Short Story Prize this year. Let us know, um, are you a fan of short stories? And uh, who are some writers or some collections that you'd like to recommend? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio or write to us at bythebook at bfm.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.